0: This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Ryan Zerfus.
1: And now, here's Ryan. Hey, hey, guys, and welcome back to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Zerfus, VP of Customer Success here at Blackwood Creative. A marketing and advertising agency in good old Mishawaka, Indiana. And it it really is a beautiful day. Actually, this whole week is just wonderful. So not only is it beautiful weather, wonderful time to be alive in Mishawaka, it is a wonderful time to get back into this podcast that we call Big Brand Theory and learn all the wonderful things of marketing, branding, sales, just the good things to grow your business. And I am delighted today that we get to have one of our wonderful team members here at Blackwood Creative, Carly Saner, on the show with us. Carly, go ahead and say hello. Yeah, (laughs) So glad you're here with us. So Carly is our content creator. Uh, She has been here for three Three months? months. Yeah, but she's been in the field for
0: About eight to nine years now. Yeah, so a
1: while now, which is awesome. Um, And I have personally just loved Carly coming onto the team. Uh, She is a, a joy to work with, and she's also incredible at what she does. So just in three months, I feel like I've gotten to see... So much incredible stuff come out of her in this short time. So um, she's awesome what she does. She manages a lot of our social media accounts, and she also does a lot of photography and videography for us. Um, And so today... We're gonna dive into something that she is well versed in and has spent <laughs> a lot of time on. And that is Facebook, the whole world of Facebook, which yes. is a monster at this point. Sure um, is. and so uh yeah, so it's gonna be great. I can't wait to hear the things that you have to say, Carly. Yeah. Um, but uh I always like to learn something about you know our guests before we jump in. And mm-hmm. for you, I know, you know, I love travel. Mm-hmm. I know that you've been to some places too. So tell me about a place that's near and dear to your heart and why it is that way?
0: Hmm. Well, there's one place that is definitely the closest to my heart and that would be Nicaragua. And I have spent... Since 2016, at least six weeks total um, in Nicaragua throughout different, uh, you know, sections of my life and in different Mm -hmm. weeks and uh, spent a lot of time rebuilding homes there and pouring into the community, um, doing some work with. Uh, feed my starving children and able to uh, feed mana packs and things like that with uh, some different communities. And it's just the people there have taught me more about what it's like to be authentic Mm. and develop real relationships when you have almost nothing. And it's just given me a whole new perspective on what it means to really live. Mm -hmm. And I love to travel for that exact reason yeah. to really see the world, oh, to yeah. come to love the world in yeah. a new way. And, um, yeah, so that's just, that's a small part of me, but my <laughs> heart has fallen in love with the place and I can't wait to go and visit them again soon. You know, once travel restrictions <laughs> and all right. that change at Did some you have point. plans to but go this year? I did actually. I was supposed to go April, the week of April 4th. Ah, um, yes. So <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> very shortly after, <laughs> yeah. um, But, you know, again, sometime soon, I'm grateful for uh, things like social media that allow me to stay in contact with my friends and uh, chat with them through other mediums. Yeah. Right. Right. It it dives right into what we're going to get into today, too. Right. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. No, I love. And I, I totally agree with what you said about like just, you know, getting to go other places in the world and build those relationships with people that you know, obviously live in a completely different part of the world. They have different culture, different language, different life experience. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things uh, that I've loved about travel as well is just getting to meet all these different people all over the world and then realize like how much more connection you have with them than you would have ever imagined. You know, like, like you said, like you get to realize just like the depth of relationship you can have Mm -hmm. with people you've, would have never met if yep. you never f- got on a plane and flew there. So sure uh, I love that. So it's awesome that you love Nif- Nicaragua someday. Maybe I'll make it over there. That's one place I have not been. Yeah. And I would you love have to go, go volcano
0: okay. boarding. Okay. That's yeah. yeah, thing. Thing. yeah, yeah. Volcano you told boarding. me about that one time. <laughs> I'm very intrigued.
1: If you don't know what volcano boarding is, you should just look it up. Carly's done it. Uh, it's crazy. So, <laughs> it's so cool that she's done that. Um, so, okay. Well, Carly, Uh, Now that we know that you love Nicaragua, we also know that you love social media and Facebook and you uh, are incredible, um, not only at organic, but paid media. But today we're going to really focus in mainly on the organic side of Facebook Mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. So I think a great place for us to start um, is really just to sort of understand This beast that it is, that it has become today, sort of how it's gotten there, and uh, to to see that. So, I know a little bit of the story, and there's a movie about it, Social Network, (laughs) right? Um, that tells a little bit of the story. But remind me a little bit of the story of like what what where did Facebook start, and how has it gotten to where it is today?
0: Sure, absolutely. I think I'll do this in layman's terms because (laughs) it's shifted so much over the years, but. Mark Zuckerberg back in 2004 was a Harvard student Mm -hmm. and he wanted to create something because he saw a gap, um, on his own campus, uh, to ultimately connect students, to connect college students in a way that wasn't happening at the time. Right. And so he created this platform for the goal of helping groups and people on Harvard's campus. Mm -hmm to relate to one another, to find out, hey, where are you headed? Where are you going? Because still at the time, text messaging and all of that was (laughs) just coming into being. It wasn't the most popular thing happening. And he found this gap in that market. And over time, because it blew up on his campus, he opened Mm -hmm. it to other college students. So the original tent of Facebook was for college students only. Yep. And as that grew in popularity and pretty soon over a million college students are on this platform, the whole entire platform started taking off into something and morphing into something more yeah. than just a college student platform. Pretty soon it was a 13 years and older uh, was the age limit in order to come onto the platform, and yeah. high school students could get on, and mm-hmm. it really still was a a younger generational thing for for a period of time, right. and essentially started to grow the audience though the the broader it became, and you look into, you know, the two thousand tens, two thousand twelve, that's when the audience really started to shift, and you look at where it is today, and we have. Two point six billion monthly active users on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> it's a small number. It's it's, it's so small, <laughs> you know. And and now the age range is really between, you know, you have some high school students that are pretty active on it, but you look at the eighteen to sixty five, and it's really a platform for everyone. So it went from being this college age platform in two thousand four to. Now being accessible to even sixty-five year olds mm-hmm. and older, and it's it's a teenager in and of itself. the the platform It just turned it will be turning seventeen in twenty twenty one, and yeah. um, the influence it's had to make these connections now with people not only just in the U.S. but all over the world. I can, you know, we talk about Nicaragua, and I can be friends with my my friends in Nicaragua because of this platform. So yeah. it's expanded from what was a gap in relationships on a college campus to, um, what then became, they saw as a gap in relationships all across the globe. Um, and how do we better connect people to people? Yeah. So we're seeing Facebook remains the king of all these social media platforms, despite the controversy, Um, And any of these privacy concerns, even just in these (laughs) recent years, which are a concern. And I think they are being addressed. And that's something, a whole other conversation that could happen at a later time. But Facebook continues to pull in over 60% of internet users and close to 80 million small businesses are using the platform as a marketing tool. And As we look at the way search results work and when consumers and clients are looking for a small business to even work with, the first three places they go to to determine can I trust a brand is they Google them, they search for them on Facebook, or they look at their products on Amazon depending on if they <laughs> if they <laughs> offer a service or a product. Yeah. And so if you don't have a Facebook and you are a business of some sort, you're really missing out on an opportunity to be seen as a reliable and trustworthy mm-hmm. and authoritative brand in a space. Yeah. And so having a very well optimized and up-to-date relevant Facebook page as a business owner in my opinion, it's not an option anymore to not have one. It's 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 a necessity.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No, that's, uh, wow, there's so much in there to think about. I agree on a lot of those things. I mean, I think that last part that you hit on with like the three things, Google, Facebook, Amazon, those are some massive companies. But totally, I mean, we all, you know, people listening, even for myself, like we know that that's true because we do it. You <laughs> say those things and, it's, and it sounds insightful, but then you think like, Well, yeah, I do those things. Like it's, it's not that crazy. Like, yeah, I go to Google if I want to find, if I'm interested in a business or Mm -hmm. I hop on Facebook and I look up their page, you know, and find out what are they about? What do they care about? What kinds of things are they posting? Or do they have any like promotions going on right now? You know, like you go to the places where, you know, in our minds, we've just hardwired like these are the trusted sources for finding out who a business is, what they're doing. Do they have any deals? Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's so true. So, I mean, Facebook is right in that, you know, it's so crucial as a business. Um, And then going back all the way, uh, you were talking about like how when Facebook morphed from this like college only thing to like being open to everyone. I remember when that was sort of a big deal because like I went to college in 2006 and I think it was right this is not not that important, but it, 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 you know, it relates to me and my mind because I think about like going into college, I think there was controversy at the time around like, It was mainly college students who were like, no, we don't want, like, we want to hold on to this platform and we want it to just be for us. And there was this fight of like, we don't want it to, we don't want high school students on here. That's so not cool. Like keep them (laughs) off or we don't want our parents on here because we don't want them like commenting on what we're doing or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? So it, it's so, you know, I've been on the platform for 14 years, which is crazy to think about, Mm -hmm. but Facebook like you were saying, has gone through so many iterations in that time. Like Mm -hmm. I remember when your Facebook status was uh, your name is like you would, you would actually say like either what you're feeling or what you're actively doing. That was how you, the only way that you could write your status, it it prompted you with your name is. (laughs) Yeah. The
0: newsfeed wasn't even introduced yet.
1: Right. Yeah. And there weren't even, yeah. So it's just like, It's, it's so, it's such an interesting thing. We, and obviously most people have a grasp on like what Facebook looks like now, Mm -hmm. but I think it's so, it's a whole nother thing that we could talk about that we're not going to talk about, but like all the iterations that Facebook has gone through to meet the demands of the market and grow as a company. It's incredible.
0: And you look at the now, the new now, which is the September, 2020 Facebook yeah. the brand new Facebook that <laughs> everyone just got forced into. <laughs> you mean like the re- the, the, the new The interface. whole new redesign, yeah. which you know is, it's it's designed in a very specific way with intentional white space with cleaner mm-hmm. lines. It's um, optimized specifically for groups mm-hmm. um, to attract more of the group optimizations, which includes um, more video messaging and all right. these other features. And so they're intentional about what they're doing. Oh, And, yeah. and they make the shifts because they understand 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 that these are the things that are hot on the market and that's why keeping up with the trends and optimizing your profile not just once a year but auditing and checking your own personal pages and profiles throughout the year is essential because social media doesn't say the same between yesterday yeah. and today. It changes overnight and yeah. sometimes you don't have a choice but to go with
1: it. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we get sort of forced along in, in these tidal waves. Um, but yes, you, you got to keep up with it. Um, so let's let's you know, jump a little bit more into, you know, I I think a lot of people are listening. Like I said, most people are on Facebook or have been on Facebook at some point. They have, they understand the basics of what it is, how it works, you know, all those things. But let's say from a business's perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, I would venture to say that, uh, and this is not meant to be a harsh critique, but to say that uh, there are a lot of businesses that don't really know how to go about Facebook. They know it's there. They know mm-hmm. it's important. They don't know how to actually make it happen. They don't know what it looks like to actually make a good page. They don't know how what it looks like to post relevant and good content. So let's walk through that a little bit. Um, I'm a business looking at Facebook. Where do I start? What do I do? And how do I do it the best that I can?
0: Sure. Yeah. I think one of the first things that you have to do is obviously make sure you set up your account under a business page (laughs) and then optimize your profile. So what, what does that mean? Does it really matter? Yeah, it does. And it absolutely, yeah, it absolutely does. And so what that means is, um, your first impression is everything. So when I say, um, optimize your profile, well, when you're, building your account under a business page you have so many other options that you wouldn't have if you're creating a personal profile so Mm -hmm. you can design things under services you can have a reviews page you can create an our story section Mm -hmm. you have um, more cover photo space things of that nature and because of your header photo being a, a predominantly big area on your business page, it's really important that you're using that header space yeah. to as free advertising, essentially. It's yeah. a free space to advertise. And so if you're just throwing up some random stock photo or... Um, a blurry photo—that's not optimizing your header photo. You want to show who you are as a business and rotate that photo out more often. And say, "Hey, you know, if we—if you're selling a product or a service and you have a sale, change up that cover photo hmm. often yeah. to to show that hey, we have this discount going on, or have a slideshow of images. It's a great space for video content as hmm. well. Yeah, and I think we often forget that that space is free advertising space and to use it as such. And if you have a photo up there from 2017 <laughs> right now, it's definitely time to switch it out. So yeah. that's just one small way to optimize your your profile as as you go through and either re-audit or just start creating a page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it also means you're checking your about section, right? So yeah. you're reading through what does my profile say about me? What does it say about our company? And Is that cohesive with what we have said on our website or maybe our Instagram page or our Twitter page, whatever types of accounts you have, are we giving the same message on this platform as we have everywhere else that mm-hmm. we are? And yeah. is it the message that we ultimately want to say <laughs> to our audience? Yeah, you know, for sure things change. Our language changes over time. And sometimes we miss areas where we were supposed to update things. And so it's great to go back and check, check yeah. the links that are in those areas, uh, check the email account and make sure it's all still relevant and yeah. working. Yeah, And, checking the grammar i think that's something we we often forget too is people do pay attention to businesses um their language and and their grammar and i think it it is noted that when you speak well and when you use proper punctuation people tend to trust a brand more oh yeah
1: definitely I think we all feel that way right (laughs) it's
0: like wait if they spell that wrong how can I trust them with anything else and so it carries into your Facebook page as informal as a Facebook page may seem um, it it does translate into our natural biases and perceptions of something and then I think the last thing is is you know, as we talk about when you build your business page, again, I kind of mentioned that you have these option for templates. So there's services templates, there's your standard business page template, there's a video template. So if you're uh, a company that's really only putting out video content, Hmm. you could do a a template like that, which allows for basically just videos to be at the forefront. But whichever you choose, um, a lot of them allow for this section called the story section. And what I see often is people gloss over this or don't write in the story section or don't put a profile picture in the story section. And this is a great chance to be a little less informal, but also um, really highlight who you are at the core and in, bring in that humanness that everyone's looking for in a brand. Yeah. And I think it's a great place too, where you don't, you're not using that same type of cover photo or profile picture of like a logo and things like that, but you're showing maybe pictures of your founders or of people that work for you in that, in that section. And then you're telling your actual brand story, whatever that looks like for you. And it's a way that people feel connected to you. It's, um, it's an opportunity. I, I think to just be more personable and too often, I think it's, it's kind of glossed over.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you, there's so many things in there that I would love to hit on. Um, I, I think again, most people, this is sort of the thing where when you say it, it's, it's very insightful because it is, But then we align what you're saying with our experience and we go, oh, yeah, everything that Carly you're saying right now totally makes sense. And I know that from my own experience because we all know what it's like to go to a Facebook page of a business that is well thought out, well designed, optimized. Everything's crisp, clean. Messaging is on point. And to know that kind of experience where it's like this is professional, it's high quality this is a well put together company. Mm-hmm. And then we also know what it's like to go to a business page where it is the opposite. Yeah. Where it there's low res images, they're old, mm-hmm. um, their links aren't working, their about section is a disaster. They're, you know, there's just things that they're not capitalizing on. Sure. And and that has, like you said, because people are going to these places as a first source is of information on a mm-hmm. business, you are you are putting your first foot forward could can be a potentially very bad one yes. with with your potential customers. I think because you know we think Facebook, oh, it's Facebook, it's social media, it's informal, it doesn't really matter. It does matter because people are going there and you're potentially losing pe- your audience or losing clients mm-hmm. customers because they come and they see like, oh this company is it doesn't seem like they know what's going on. They don't, they don't, they don't have it together. Right. So I'm going to move on. So, um, you know, I I think there is a lot of fun to have, or a lot of room to have fun on Facebook and to be creative with it. And, 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 but, but you got, you can't compromise the quality of your page for those other things you need to keep, you know, even like the, your profile image, the logo, is it high res? Right. Such a simple question. Right. But if it's not high res, that's like the first thing people look at. So if they look at your logo image and it's like blurred lines, mm-hmm. I'm instantly going to tune you out. Like sure. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. You know, so I love that you hit on all those things just cuz I think it is very important that people think about that, take it seriously and and just take the time the you know, it won't take too much time mm-hmm. to go through your page, optimize it. Are we using our best photos? Are we using our best logo files? Are we putting out the right messaging that we have from our website and our other our other channels, mm-hmm. and making sure that all lines up to have a great place to start sure. to move in to the next thing that um, that we need to think about, and that is content. So so let's let's move into the yeah. world of of content
0: yeah i think too just just before we dive right into that i think one of the most important things is as we talk about these best practices in terms of content in terms of profile optimization the one thing is is no matter what your industry is they all stay the same because this is this is best practices for facebook not just a specific industry Mm -hmm. and So no matter what your specific message is, no matter what industry you're in, whether it's healthcare, uh, education, um, you know, the RV industry, wherever you're at, retail, these things are still true. Having a high res image over a blurry image (laughs) will be true despite what you do, you know? And I think just keep that filter in mind as we go through these things that these things are true no matter where you are coming from. And and, mm. and that leads me to kind of this next point as we do think about content is, you know, before you actually design and go start putting things out, I have this philosophy that everything should be filtered through this other lens. Mm. And it's really asking these four questions to myself. And it's, it's a kind of a strategy to building content, which is, Is this piece of content that I am strategizing and choosing to create, is it relevant to my page? It's the first question I ask myself. Is it relevant to my page? Then I ask, is it timely? Does it make sense to post this at this time? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, does it is it a good time of year to post this? Um, Is there something in the world that's happening that would make sense to post this Mm -hmm. Um, toward my audience? Is it timely? Um, Is it an effective post for them? So is it relevant to my page? Is it timely? Is this from a trusted source or a safe website? So if I'm sharing a link or um, anything of that nature, am I sharing something that is safe to share and not from a spam-based website? (laughs) Um, Am I showing myself as someone that can share influential content where other people feel safe going to it? And then is it actually interesting enough for others to want to see it and share it themselves? Because Facebook ultimately is is thriving off of other people wanting to engage with your content, right? So those are, those are the main four questions I ask myself before I even start creating too much content is what I want to share relevant to my page. Is it timely? Is it from a trusted source or a safe website? And is it interesting enough for others to share? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And if the answer isn't yes to all four of those, then I reconsider posting because like i said if if what i'm doing isn't meeting the needs of my audience which is the ultimate goal of posting anything on facebook then i i question why post it because sometimes it's it's less about just getting things out and more about producing things that matter and giving quality, valuable content that Mm -hmm. my audience would actually engage with because the way the algorithm is set up right now on Facebook too, is it's all about connection and people and people don't want to be sold to people want to feel connected to. And if I'm not doing these things where people feel like it's relevant to them or timely to them, then it's not going to matter in the end. Mm-hmm. And so I think those questions are really, really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I like that because as you just said right prior to this, like all of what we're saying right now is true to anyone coming into this conversation, but where it starts to deviate is in these questions, right? Everyone should ask themselves these questions, mm-hmm. but your answer to these questions might be different to than a, a, another business, yeah. right? Like, you know, what might be good for you? Let's say posting a picture of a team event. Mm-hmm. Maybe that ticks all of these boxes off for your business, yes. but maybe another business does the same thing. Maybe it wasn't the right choice for them. Right. So this is where it starts to deviate of what might be right and good for you on your page and mm-hmm. a good step forward with your audience is not necessarily going to be the right and good thing to do for someone else in another industry with a, a different audience. Yeah. So that's really where like, the heavy strategy, like you have to, you have to know your business and your, and your audience well. To answer these questions too.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a big thing is knowing where your audience lands and Facebook does offer insights and it's free and it's a really reliable tool to be able to look at your analytics and really see who is engaging with my page. What time of day are they engaging? What types of posts are they engaging with? And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really helpful when you look at, you know, what I would consider my third really best practice is (laughs) you need to choose to effectively target your audience through high quality content Mm -hmm. and so in order to do that you a need to know who your target audience is and i think not only you you choose them by who your brand audience is but you can also figure out a little bit more about them by looking at facebook insights Mm -hmm. but you know when you when you choose to be on a social media platform Facebook, whatever platform you choose, you should always have a goal insight. Why am I on here? What is our core KPI? What am I trying to get our users to do? Is it just engage? Is it just to have brand awareness? Am I trying to get someone to sign up for a webinar? Do I want someone to go and buy our product? and if you have those things in mind as you ask yourself those four questions <laughs> as you start to produce high quality content there becomes a more balanced effect as you start to create these these pieces of content and so one of the things I like to do and follow is this, it's this, I don't actually know who created this rule, but I really love the rule. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's called the 70, 20, 10 rule. And it's a really easy way to balance out your content where 70% of the material you choose to send out to your audience is material that you make yourself. So it's original content. Mm, yeah that you are sending out. So if it was an event photo, that's original content came from you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe it's a graphic you and your office create about something happening. Um, But then 20% of that content is relevant to the interests of your audience or even user generated content. So if you ran a contest and you had people send in submissions Mm -hmm. or um, you know that your audience is specifically looking for, or is interested in articles related to um, holiday ways to spend, or save, save, let's say save, (laughs) not spend. We all want to save money this holiday, right? Um, You know, ways to save over the holidays, let's say. You could send out content, 20% of your content could be about something similar to that, but done in different ways, and then 10%. So the lowest percentage of what you post on social media should be self-promotional
1: right so it's
0: not promoting like go sign like go sign up for this because we offer the best this Mm. like actually that promotional type language pulls you out of the algorithm facebook flags it because again facebook is about relationship and connecting and all of that type of language now is is deemed as um it's not relational. <laughs> well, it isn't, and it's it is that promotional type of of content that people don't want in their feed anymore. There was controversy about it a couple of years ago, yeah. and that's when Facebook made the shift. And so, by thinking about your frequency, even in the types of content you post, in balancing it out, in in these type of ways and saying, okay, so I'm going to post twice a week to start if I'm just starting out and I can kind of balance out with this rule and say, okay, well, once a week, I'm going to post on this right now, um, related to my original content. And then I'll do another 20% with like, you like user-generated content and then I'll do another one next week related to original content and then do like one self-promotional piece a month. That's an easy way to start balancing out your content. And in in the end, it's going to help you produce that high quality content. But outside of just the frequency of it and understanding that scale is understanding how long your pieces of content should be when it comes to copy. And I think, and I trust across the board in (laughs) A-B testing everything, I think you should always try long form, short form, medium length. I'm not telling you that there's one right way to do it. Um, Yeah. I've seen long form work. I think you've seen long form work um, across different platforms even, but even on Facebook, um, I've done a lot of long form copy that works for different markets and some, I think, lend themselves to having hmm. a little bit more of a long form type copy. But Facebook across the board on average has seen the most success with 40 character or less Facebook posts.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> like, how do
0: you say anything? <laughs> but 86% of engagement on Facebook happens with 40 character or less. Hmm. And That's so interesting to think about it makes you rethink how do I say what I need to say in the most succinct way and then let the rest of the artwork or the video speak for itself. Mm. And I think that's what we'll get into next is where that visual element comes in and how that's the most important piece. Mm-hmm. But but just knowing like on a business page, a hundred characters, your first three is essentially your first three lines. And after that, everyone has to click see more. Mm-hmm. And so your first three lines are essentially what matters the most. Right. And yep. if you can grab your, your user in those first three lines, that's that's gold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: gold. That's where you wanna be. Because if they don't click see more, they might be missing the rest of your content and today our attention spans are just so short i think people just want to see it and move on right yep and that's why posting photos and videos for high quality content is almost a requirement now for your online presence you rarely see people just posting text yeah it's you get 40 times more you're 40 times more likely to get a share just by posting a video or a photo
1: that's a big stat. <laughs> it is.
0: It is. It's huge. And and what's even bigger is if you go live on Facebook, so Facebook video, you're live, you're more like you're three times more likely to watch to be seen. Okay. Than a hmm. normal video. Yeah. So video itself, you're already more likely to be seen.
1: And then live.
0: And then live, you're three times more likely to be seen. Okay. Than just a normal video. Um hmm. But I think knowing that video content is taking over. If you're not doing video, you are behind. Um, And it's not to say that your video has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the cleanest, most well-made thing all the time. Um, People, again, are drawn to humanness. So if you go live, it's it's a way for people to connect with you, see your brand, and feel like, they know the people that are behind it. And it's a great way to start engaging with people. So that, that allows for that high quality content to, to start filtering in. And I think that last little element is making sure that you're optimizing then your images and your um, videos for that space. So knowing most people are on mobile devices. If I choose to post a landscape photo, I'm using the least amount of space hmm. for a mobile device. But if I post a square in a 1080 by 1080 pixel, I'm taking up more space on someone's phone. Now, if I go into a portrait, I have officially taken over <laughs> someone's screen. screen. Right. And knowing those types of things as you choose to create posts will change how people see your content, especially through a mobile, mobile device. Yeah. And so exploring those things, testing those things, test your copy, test the different types of content that you choose to distribute, test, you know, um, original content over user-generated content over self-promotional content and see how that performs. And I think ultimately all these things together in best practices, as you try them, as you tailor your brand to them, you'll learn more about yourself and you'll learn more about your customer and as you as you get a hold of those things you can better strategize for the next month the next year yeah. and continue and continue to be you know th- the best you can be on Facebook and on that platform
1: yeah yeah so going all the way back to the 702010 rule mm-hmm. um, f- for the 20 if i r- uh, like reshare content from another source mm-hmm. would that be in the 20 is that like it was sort of like user generated, but like, because the first 70 was original content. Mm-hmm. But if I like go and like, you know, maybe there's an article or just another company posted something that I think is great. Yeah. Uh, if I like reshare that or, you know, post their sort, you know, whatever, is that fall into 20?
0: Yeah, I would absolutely say it does. I think one of the most important things, and I would say this for that other company and for your own company is as you reshare things, it's always great to... Add an additional comment to the top of your reshare, right? Um, and retag them as well. Um, I think that's a great practice because it also uh, there is SEO um, <laughs> right. linking in Facebook, and that is a beast to talk about. But um, adding in that extra tag because it it can help your audience see different mm-hmm. elements of their brand, but also. Th- the other audience helps see different elements of your brand. And so it's, it's also um, a best practice when it just comes to like Facebook etiquette, there is Facebook etiquette and tagging people is proper. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but a hundred percent that would fall in that, yeah. that 20%.
1: Yeah. And I, I like what you said about the like promotional part too, just because again, everyone knows that if you get on any social media really at this point, but Facebook included, like you get on it and if your feed is just like filled with promotional stuff, well, one, you're just, I mean, you're just gonna start scrolling, right? You're just gonna move past everything. And I I know that, I do that too. So I think we, we have to be really mindful. I think it depends on people's positions in a business and how they approach just what they're trying to accomplish. You know, if I'm in a sales position, obviously, obviously I want to make sales. I want people to know what I do. I want them to know how to get it. And I want to tell them that, but the, it's sort of the hard truth to learn that sometimes being more direct and just, and doing those things and like always telling people, here's what I do. Here's the services. Here's how you get them. You would think that that's the most direct way, but actually it's the worst way to go about it (laughs) because they are going, they're going to tune you out or they're going to unfollow you. Mm -hmm. They're going to, they're going to scroll through your stuff and it's not going to work. So That is definitely a way that I think all social media has morphed. Is you have to be building a relationship. You have to be putting out good content that's just valuable to the user that they find engaging. That really has, it can have stuff. It it can relate to what you do, but it should not be a direct call to action. You know, to get to what you do. So, I I think of everything you said. That's really important for. I think some businesses struggle with that Mm -hmm. because they get on these tools and they think, well, we're just going to use these to get people to buy our stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. that's probably not going to happen. And that's not a great way to use the tool. So, um,
0: and that's Ryan, that's the shift to storytelling in all social media and all marketing. That's, that's the goal of storytelling is I don't want to be told to just go buy something. I want to know the story of the person that went and bought it and, how that changed, you know, the way they mow their lawn, the (laughs) lawnmower that they bought, how that helped them in this way. Or, you know, people want to know the human part of the brand and it comes with knowing the stories that Mm -hmm. the brand has within it. And that takes time to find the stories. And it's not as simple as just saying, hey, come buy our product or buy our service. Yeah takes time to find the stories yeah but and that's, to tell the stories well and to tell the stories well yeah but that's the shift that's happening that's the that's what's that's the culture that social media is becoming is stories through video stories through graphics stories through photo and writing mm-hmm. but finding them and telling them and doing it well and then choosing to trust a brand because someone's story is oh. is told and it, someone feels that they have um, been influential uh, or influenced as a result Mm -hmm. is, is that goal. And social media is a platform. Facebook is a platform to To, help tell your
1: story. Yeah, definitely. Um, So we have a couple last questions here. One that I want to hit on um, is I think a lot of small businesses in particular struggle with, Knowing that they, they need to be on Facebook, like you said, and so they get that. So they do get on it. Mm-hmm. They, you know, someone internally builds a page and then they don't know how then to go about it. And, you know, maybe they have 20, 20 employees. So then they sick Johnny on it. Hey, hey, Johnny, you know, who maybe is like their accountant or something, sure. you know, like, hey, Johnny, we need someone to do this. We know we're supposed to be on Facebook. You seem like you're relatively savvy. You're on Facebook, right? And then Johnny says, uh, yeah. And then you go, okay, great. You're going to be our Facebook guy. Um, I think a lot of businesses are in that place where yeah. they just put someone internally mm-hmm. that really has another job. Mm-hmm. Facebook you know social media and and marketing is not their forte, right but they just know they're supposed to be on it so they they have someone internally putting content on their facebook page mm-hmm. what would you what would you <laughs> in in your kindest words because <laughs> I know this is sort of a tough sub subject. what would you say to that company to try to help them get past that?
0: yeah, that is a <laughs> that is a that's a tough question, Ryan. <laughs> I think one three things come to my mind. And one of the first ones is when it comes to social media, um, there are a lot of resources out there and a lot of free training tools Mm. that I think when a business is in that position, um, why not use them and why not choose to learn no matter what? And I think um, though the person may not have a ton of time, the resources are available to at least help elevate what you are doing
1: sure. um yeah
0: and you know places like HootSuite and Hubspot and Sprout Social um their blogs and the resources that they have available uh, I think will um help navigate and at least um provide some direction that I think could help that situation. The other one would be, you know, there are people, I think locally freelancers, even that can do a small amount of taking a load off and, and helping post some content, getting to know a little bit more about, um, you know, a business. But to be honest, the third one that I think of is there is so much value in being on social media as a business. Yeah. And, so much value that I wouldn't want that to be wasted by not taking the time to do something well and effective. That it seems like outsourcing that role, especially if there's no one in-house that hasn't been hired on or doesn't have the time to do it, that it seems most beneficial to outsource it to an agency that has the capabilities Mm -hmm. to do that. And I don't just say that to toot our own horn or Mm -hmm. anyone else's. It's, It's true that an agency will be able to look at that, think strategically, think beyond just social and see how all the other other components of the business are being used mm-hmm. to help elevate social media. Right. And um, again, you get that access to so many other parts of an agency too that can help support a business of 22 some people because again, when you have that many people and one person is from an accounting division <laughs> is asked to do something. It's a lot. Social media, just, i and I believe this to my core, just because you have a Facebook page does not make you a social media expert <laughs> or someone that feels confident enough to go and run a business social page. Yeah. And so I think yeah. any of those options um, are better than probably just like handing it off and having the expectation of someone to just yeah. go do it. Yeah,
1: no, that's great. I mean, I think those are three things that someone could definitely consider like hey you know there are ways like you said to improve it in-house like you can take advantage of some of those those free resources that are out there or you know i think to like to your last point where it's a time investment i think people don't realize that even when they give it to someone internally they think oh they'll just take the three minutes it takes to post you know a couple times a week um That is not a recipe for success at all. I also wish it took three minutes (laughs) to (laughs) (laughs) So why not give, if you're going to give that task to someone, why don't you sit down and say to them like, hey, we realize that this is important. We're going to, as part of your job description, we're going to allocate this many hours a week to this as your role. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to make it important. We want you to make it important. We want to give you the space to do it well. I think that would be a great step. If you want, if you don't want to go through the steps of trying to bring in, you know, a freelancer, and agency, at least do that internally to help that person and help yourself. <laughs> Cause if your Facebook page succeeds, you will succeed more. And if your Facebook page flops, you will flop more. So, you know, help yourself out. Um, but yeah, those other routes, you know, free, there's tons of freelancers get connected or there's agencies, lots of agencies get connected. So that's, that's a great place. I, I you know, I think we want to leave, you know, people with options. Mm-hmm. And th- I think those are some really great options for especially the small business. I, like I said, I think there are so many small businesses that are on Facebook, that know they're supposed to be there, but don't know how to be there. Yeah. And so they're floundering a little bit. So hopefully this has helped you, you those that are listening to to start to understand a little bit of the basics of Facebook, what it is, how it works, how to reach the people, how to, you know, the best practices um and how to take care of these things either in-house or, you know, outsource it. Um so thanks Carly so much for joining us today. It's Absolutely. been it's been great having you on the show uh and and I, again, I just, I love watching you work. If I, I know those listening don't get the pleasure of getting to watch Carly work in person. She is incredible at what she does. Um, she shared a little bit of her knowledge on Facebook today, but there is so much more where that came from. Um, so she's a powerhouse when it comes to social media. So thanks for sharing some of that knowledge with us today. I hope it's helped uh, all of you that are listening and uh, I pre- always appreciate that you tune in and listen into uh, these episodes of the Big Brand Three podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this one. Uh, as always, you're always welcome to like our stuff, follow it. Um, you can uh, go to our website, the big brand, big brand theory podcast.com, uh, for more episodes. We'd love for you to join uh, in on some more conversations. So, thank you for joining us today, and you all stay toasty.